Welcome to The Diving Pod. I'm Wes Matice, and I'm a coach at NC State. I'm Aaron Rooney. And I'm Heath Calhoun. Um, we always start by saying thank you. Um, I've been fortunate to get to know you over the last four months, and, and a lot of our listeners don't know you were the first person to ever offer us some uh, listener feedback, and we have uh, slowly been trying to implement it because it was so good. And I think we ended up talking until like 11, 12 o'clock at night. But um, so tell, tell us about yourself, Wes. Tell our listeners about yourself and, and kind of your journey, where you're from, where you dove, how you got where you are now. Yeah, that's a, that's a long story. Like, um, but yeah, I can hit in section. So I, I co- currently I coach at NC State. Um, before that, I was coach at GW and Montgomery Dive Club. Um, I, was, I did a short time at GW sort of, sort of feels unfinished. Like there was definitely some stuff I, you know, I was looking to do, uh, but it was hard for me to not take the NC state job when it was offered. Um, and then at Montgomery dive club, I was there for, for about 10 years. I think it was just, wow. just shy of 10 years. So I was there for a while. Um, before that I coached for Joe Sum at whirlwind, which is where I dove age group. Um, and then before that, uh, Southern Connecticut, I helped very little bit. Um, with their club team dove college there d2 college um and then before that i was at whirlwind but like similar to a lot of the uh people you've had on the show i got into diving through um country club league like i (laughs) i started swimming in a country club and i hated it and i was like i don't know seven or eight and it was horrible um it was morning practice i didn't want to get in the pool at all and then later that afternoon i saw divers and i was like i'm done swimming i'm diving um, I started doing that and, and Joe Soma, who's the head coach at whirlwind, he, he was the coach at the time. So I started diving for him, but yeah. Very where, much. where is that geographically? Where is that? It's in Connecticut. Sorry. Okay. Yeah. And then Southern Connecticut's in new Haven. That's yeah. Wild. So, so what, what are some other, I, I know some of the other things you're interested in, but I just like getting to ask you. So like, you know what? I think it's rare for us to see coaches stay in one spot for a while. And you did that with, with a Montgomery dive club, which became monumental this, this past USA season. But um, you know, what, what drew you to that area? What made you want to stay there? What made that home for you for so long? Um, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely one of the types of people that sort of hunker down and build something. Um, I think I got that from my dad where it's, it's sort of like, you know, don't try and find a career, like get a job and build a career type of attitude. I saw that written somewhere and I, you know, I've, I've remembered that, but um, so I've always been that person. So like Connecticut, when I went back and coached for Joe, who was phenomenally good to me um, as far as teaching me how to coach diving and like really cultivating me as a coach, I, um, I moved to, to Maryland or, or I actually moved to DC and threw my name out. I, I reached out to Dominion Dive Club at the time. It was when John Appleman had just uh, taken over that program or started that program. Um, and like, there was phenomenal, like Roland was here, had phenomenal divers, uh, John Walsh. I still remember like the old Mark Henry Dive Club team that was here. And, but um, so I, when I got to the area, I basically came, you know, with, with a girlfriend at the time, she was going to school at um, American University. I came down, new adventure, um, and looked for dive coaching jobs. And while I coached diving in Connecticut, I also worked at an advertisement agency in New York. 
Um, so that's what I went to school for. I went to school for studio art and I went to school for education. And my plan was to be a starving artist, teacher and coach diving after teaching. Right. So like, you know, that was, that was my dream, you know? And, um, I basically just followed the path of least resistance, but education really helped me with how I interact with divers and sort of like, I don't know, no person left behind constantly thinking about, you know, like it's my job to make sure I get the information every single kid. So that's been always clear to me from what I learned when I went to school for education. Um, So I don't know. And then just keeping emotions out of it. Like I, I, I really liked what Drew was saying. Hold on, let me pull my notes about just having, um, let me pull up what I got. Just having objective measurements, like you like very much get that when you're trying to teach something, like keeping emotions out of it, you know, was, was, was pretty big in teaching and not that like you shouldn't care. And, and, you know, there definitely are emotions appropriate, but you know, having, that was, that was big. Something I took from education, but yeah, studio, studio art, graphic design got an, I ended up getting a job at a small design boutique in DC when I first moved to the area. And then, um, I don't know, I just coached more. And then eventually was, I went part-time. I did, um, contract work through the design firm that I worked for in DC. And then eventually just stopped taking less and less jobs. And then I started writing proposals to USA diving. I was like, this is what you guys should do. This is what I want you to do. This is how much it's going to cost. This is how much I'm going to do it for you. Um, and then, so I was able to get a couple of those jobs, which was fun. Cool. So totally unrelated. We were talking a little Marvel before we got on. Who's your favorite Marvel superhero? You got to pick one. Yeah. My favorite Marvel superhero is Spider-Man. Is nice. no Spider-Man. Everybody loves Spider-Man. Yeah. Friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. <laughs> I mean, he's the most identifiable, but like, um, I'd have to go and look which comic it was, but Spider-Man, Peter Parker, basically Aunt May gets cancer and it's because Peter Parker has radioactive blood. So he's basically killing his aunt. And the only person who has a cure for it is, um, oh my God, the li- lizard, Dr. Oh, Connors. Yes. He's the only one with the cure for like whatever, or a way to, to save Aunt May. And for whatever reason, Dr. Octopus also hires these goons to hijack and take all of this, you know, equipment that's going to save Aunt May. So he has to dress up as Spider-Man. So he's going to school and learning from Doc Connors to help save his aunt. And at the same time, Dr. Octopus goes and steals all this equipment from Dr. Connors that's going to save his aunt. So he's suit up as Spider-Man and get this equipment back and ends up getting piled, like, you know, almost dies and summons like this strength and digs deep to, you know, like get out of this. He's in this situation where all this equipment is piled on top of him. He's drowning. Um, his aunt is dying in a hospital. It's his fault that his aunt is dying in a hospital. And um, like, it's the end. He's already like, you know, so many things, have, but he just pulls through and keeps, you know, keeps going, keeps battling. Finds a way to bounce back. I, I have to believe Spider-Man would make an incredible diver. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he would not, it wouldn't be fair, but I think about that all the time. <laughs> <laughs> like, 
I think it's it, it makes me so happy that we just nerded out over comic books because I've been able to tell this story to three people. I've told it to Aaron, to Sarah, and then I told it to the other coaches when we sat down uh, for dinner the one night. And and for our listeners, like I said, you were the first person to give us listener feedback. And uh, I went to regionals in New York and we all had to wear our masks. And it's my first USA meet as a coach. And I walked to the side where there's only one other guy coaching. And I introduced myself. I go, oh, my name's Heath. And it was you. And you're like, Heath, it's Wes. And like, we're both jumping up and down. And Aaron's <laughs> like, oh, what was it like? And I'm like, all we did was talk about diving, movies, and comic books. I go, it was like heaven. But uh, it just, it was, it was really cool. I'm happy our listeners like got to hear us nerd out over that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And everybody's so we'll going to listen about diving and be a little bit about comic. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We'll, we'll try to get it back on the rails a little bit. Uh, talk to me about some of your mentors, mentors in diving. How did you go about finding mentors? Just that whole experience. So, so believe it or not, that in with art sort of helped me out a lot. But um, Aaron, um, I don't, know, I don't know if it was you or Heath. You said it, but like reaching out to people and just asking and not being worried about, I think it was you, Heath, right? Like just asking and seeing what happens really goes a long way. So I, like, I just kept going to, when we, we used to have convention um, for USA diving and USA swimming and all the FINA sports used to have a convention. Um, and I would go to that convention. And when I first went to that convention, it was, I would meet people, um, talk to them and they would have education workshops after and I would go to every single education workshop I would sit in the front right sit in the front and uh just like John Fox said in your in your interview I'd sit in the front I'd make sure that I was engaged I made eye contact I smiled I was a good student um and I wanted to learn everything that was there so I really just talked a lot but um yeah, I mean, that was a big one, but Steve, Steve Foley, who was the high performance director um, in the U.S., helped me at my first um, convention. Actually, it probably wasn't my first con- convention because I don't know if he was the high performance director at my first convention, but like Jason Bauman was the education director there, and I just yeah. ate up everything that he had. Um, then they, uh, when Steve Foley did get in, it was Orly Gibson for a little while. She was, she did education in Canada, um, New Zealand. She came to us. Now she's in Australia. Um, she was extremely helpful, but Steve Foley, like kind of helped me out a lot. Like the more I asked him for stuff, the more he gave. Um, and then I was like, Hey, you know, I think you guys should do this project. And they were like, Hey, why don't you do it? Why don't you make it? And we'll pay you for it. And I was like, all right, great. That's what we'll do. So, so then I would do projects for him. And he sent me like before 2016 Olympics, he was like, you go um, with Drew and a couple other coaches, um, Sean McCarthy, Katie Hazleton. He sent us to the, to worlds to just sit next to Drew and watch, um, watch that right before the 2016 Olympics. So like that, that was gifted to me, but like, I've had so many mentor, like peer mentorship that were ridiculously valuable. Like the list is so, so long. I don't like, it, I would, you know, dishonor somebody if I didn't list everybody, but my, like my bosses immediately always, like I worked my butt off for my bosses and they always gave me opportunities. Like Joe very much took care of me. Doug, when he was running Montgomery Dive Club, he, he sent and paid for anything I wanted to do and learn 
from. But I asked, you know, I just asked and, and made sure I talked to as many people as possible. Um, but the biggest thing was like, once you, once I got a good kid, people talk to you. Like when you, when you get a good kid doing good dives, um, all of a sudden people start talking to you and you might get invited to things and like getting a kid on a, on a tier squad that really helped with my education. Um, and then, yeah. And then it's just like crazy peer mentorship, you know, where you have just a lot of people, phone numbers and you're talking to them. Like if you guys wanted to like talk about anything, I would talk to you about anything. You know, I'm sure a lot of people would do that way. I'm sure at this point with John Fox, you guys can do that with John Fox. And cool. you know, Drew has been such a helpful support for me in the past. He's helped me with so many problems that I've had in the past. Um, so he's been a great mentor of me. But you know, I don't know, like John John Proctor, I've learned so much from. Um, Kenny Armstrong, I've learned so much from. Kenny Armstrong's also a total nerd. He's like awesome. Um, he comes up with crazy ideas. Um, Gabby Karakesh is great. At, you know, I've learned so much from him. I, like I sat with him pretty much. I went to Junior Worlds and he like held my hand through everything. He was he was phenomenal. Um, you know, now our high performance direct, director Dan Lack is. You know, these people are out there and they'll help. You know, our community is such a special one. That's why, like, when you guys started this pod and like. I started messaging you guys. Like I was super excited that this was happening because I've been like, I love podcasts. Mm -hmm. And this is just such a special thing that you guys are doing. Yeah. It's uh, that's, I, you know, our listeners have heard it before, but I, I tell Aaron like that week, you know, nine days at USA nationals, I was like, I would get back to my hotel room and Aaron would be like, how'd today go? And I'm like, I got to talk to Wes and Yaya and Chris and oh, And I'm like, it's just being a fly on the wall. And I said, that's something that I think I would have always appreciated now being a little bit older and, and understanding, Hey, sometimes just like, just listen, just, just sit there and just take it all in. And, and I kept telling you, I'm like, I'm just sitting at the pool all day, just listening to everybody. And it's like, you know, like I, I sent you a follow-up email just saying thanks for everything. And you're like, stay in touch. And I'm like, you have no clue how much that means to someone like me. Like that means the world, like to just hear someone, that I can look up to say, Hey, stay in touch. If you have questions, let me know. Like it, it's really, it's awesome. And it, I got to, I got to, go I got to shout out. I got to shout out my dad real quick. He, uh, at, at a very young age, got a hold of me. And he, I was a chatterbox. I still am. And he looks at me and he says, Aaron, I'm going to tell you something right now. I'm like, Oh, here we go. <laughs> he goes, you have two ears and one mouth. So just shut up and listen. <laughs> <laughs> and ever since starting this podcast, that's kind of what we do. We do, we try to ask a good question and we try to just get out of the way. And it's taught me as it has taught Heath just yes. to listen a lot better. Yes. Yes. Okay. Um, I don't know, but the, the biggest thing that helped the most, I think was just reaching out and like trying to do a mutual, like, Hey, I want, like, I want to do something. I want to help and showing up at convention yeah. and actually like, you know, volunteering, like being part of helping the community and then the community gives back, I think is the biggest. Yeah. And I, I think that was, you know, Aaron and I talked about that, that no matter what next year to reach out to whoever at USA diving and say, how can we help you with nationals? If that's us sitting there and selling t-shirts, like, okay, if that's us, someone calling towers. So Yaya doesn't have to do it all day, every day, like whatever we can do to help and help just be involved. Like, 
the more we can be, uh, my theory has always been the more I can put myself around people better than me, the better I'll get. Yeah. And, and I think that's, that's helped me a lot. It's nice to hear you say, Hey, just ask politely. You'd be shocked at how far that'll get you. Um, yeah. You know, so, so let's talk about kind of, I feel as though you've had an exciting uh, last three, four months here. Um, what has the transition and, and I know it, you know, from talking with you, uh, I know it maybe wasn't an easy decision to, to leave GW, but what's that transition been like for you to go from a, a mid-major that was, you I mean, you were really successful there. You were extremely successful to go to a school like NC State that just missed winning the national title. And that's probably where the goals lie. So what's that been like? Um, really exciting. And like, like you said, Dan, like, like upgrading the circle of people that you hang out with and, and looking for more, like that's really the the people I was hanging out with, you know, at GW, like Brian, the head swim coach there, he's a phenomenal dude and he's a go-getter and he's, he was really as inspiring. Um, but now being at NC state, like the, the coaches that are there, the swim coaches that are there on the pool deck, the swimmers that are there on the pool deck, the divers that I'm hanging out with. Um, yeah, I don't know. They say you're the average of the five people that you hang out with. And I'm, you know, you know, so, you know, I'm definitely hanging out with people that have some, some huge goals and know how to do a lot of them already. So I'm going to learn, but, um, yeah, it's, it's been really exciting. It's definitely been crazy. It was definitely a whirlwind. Um, but it's been awesome. And I'm, I'm really excited about the future. I'm really excited to give it a go and see if I have what it takes. You know, I want to, um, sort of put myself in the fire and see what, see what comes out at the end. I think it's going to be awesome. Uh, I have to give a little shout out to, uh, so you have a, you're one of your volunteer coaches, Steph Wendell Schaefer. Have you got to meet her? No. So she uh, is actually coming from Grove city college. She's going to be one of your volunteers, which was in the same conference. They were like our big rival when I was still at Westminster. So uh, it's exciting to see someone from little, little D three getting to work with some of those, like you said, you know, if you're the average of the five people around you, I'm so excited to see what she does and, I'm very excited for your first year to see what happens there. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's really fun stuff, but man, that like we hit the ground running. So like when, when I got there, I got, I got, I drove straight from, so I went, I like booked myself pretty fully because the kids that I've been working with in the age group in Maryland, I, I've been with some of those kids for like eight, nine years. I've been with them for a long time. Um, so we sort of did a couple of last hurrah meets. I did two regionals when I, when I saw you at, I did the, um, AU meet that was in Florida in Coral Springs. And then I went straight from that to Olympic trials. And then I went straight from Olympic trials to my first day at NC state. So I drove literally up and down the East coast, <laughs> literally Florida, like upstate New York, Indiana, <laughs> you know, North Carolina, I was like, I went all over the place. Um, so it was, it was nuts. You know, I washed my clothes, you know, wherever, I, wherever I could, whatever laundromat, you know, or whatever. I learned a good trick though, like <laughs> from a coach, I won't, I won't name the coach, but the trick was just walk into the shower with your clothes on, take a shower <laughs> and then take your clothes up to dry and then take another shower and then get out. And just do that at the end of every day. And I was like, all right. <laughs> like, That's a brilliant idea. That's incredible. <laughs> but laundromats, that really is only for like when you're in other countries. Really in the US, there's laundromats everywhere. So you can go to the laundromat. But it's a good trick. Um, 
put like put a couple Tide Pods. I started bringing Tide Pods and putting them in the shower with my soap. <laughs> <laughs> but, That's um, awesome. No, it was a whirlwind. And then I got there and, and it's, and nobody's there. They have the volunteer coaches are there um, working with swimmers that are still there. Like I said, pretty much everybody's shown up for practice and it's a ghost town because I got there after Olympic trials, swimming Olympic trials was after diving Olympic trials. So all of the swim coaches are gone. Um, And I was, I I was just working and didn't, you know, it was crazy. And then, you know, we had one of the divers at NC State, we had two divers that still had eligibility for um, USA diving. So I had, I, br- I watched one at Zones, and then there was another one who was diving at NC State diving with the club there. And then I went to Nationals with that diver, um, which was which was awesome. So still got to be on the pool deck, which was great. How yeah. did how did that go? How did USA diving Nationals go? I mean, awesome. I, I don't mind the format. I I've seen it go through so many different formats. Like there was a time when we would do like almost a full month, three weeks there, about three weeks there, um, which was nuts. We did like, we had nationals there and it was just a little over two weeks, um, in Moultrie, Georgia. And I was there so long that I fell in love with a dog and took it home. Like it was way too long. (laughs) That's awesome. That kind of um, leads, that leads kind of right into my next question is just like USA diving as a whole, we're, we're committed to this thing needs to be awesome. And, and how can we help to continue to make it better? And what can we possibly do with our diving pod platform to, Hey, ask some tough questions, but also let's just make USA diving the best it possibly can be. What ideas do you have Wes? I'm sure there are a few um, about just helping USA diving, making it better, turning it into something that is the best in the world. Oh man, I have one really good idea. I like, um, I, 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 they really need to get, I would love it if they got on, um, coach education and they've been great things through coach education. There's so much turnover in USA diving that they start something and it gets traction. And then all of a sudden the people there that are, that are moving the train, it's like, oh, that train, like that train's abandoned. We have a totally different train that we're getting going. You know what I mean? So like, I, I really want to see people stick around or stick to the same ideas. And I don't really know how to do that. But one of the ideas that I think would be really brilliant and it could do, I think in, I think doing an online platform is a must. I think we can learn a lot from an online platform and get a lot of information out there and help a lot of coaches. I think mentorship is a big one. I think face-to-face is, is ridiculously valuable. So I, like, I think if USA diving hosted these regional, um, like camps. So when you make it on a tier squad, they used to, they they haven't done in a while. They used to do these collaborative camps. USA diving would bring these kids that were on the elite squad, invite the coaches to come and they would bring one Olympic coach or something like that, that would basically come up with a curriculum for the trip would be like a three-day training sesh. And they would, you know, go over lineups, um, hop hurdles, trampoline work, strength and conditioning and entries. And that you would spend, you know, a half a day on each or whatever. All the kids would run through the stations, all the coaches would work together and then learn from that elite coach, that Olympic coach. Um, I don't think that needs to happen 
like when when you get the tier kids get like those are the best kids i think that that format can be done regionally or in the zones like i think that's something that usa diving can offer and have it be something that's or like generates revenue i think they can have almost like musicians tour the united states have you know, Drew or, or Kenny Armstrong or, or something like that. Like, Hey, we're going to have this coach in this area. Um, at this time athletes pay for it. This will be the curriculum that you're going to learn. Coaches come for free, but they get, you know, they help, they be a part of, you know, whatever it's going to be. Yeah. I actually really love that idea. I just got back, uh, probably two weeks ago, Jason Bauman did something down in the cities and it was basically just a pre girls high school diving season girls come dive we'll get you kick started we'll go through all the categories and then coaches can come as well just be on the wall a tremendous amount and it wasn't anything that I hadn't heard previously but he just says things in a different way and just reiterates it hey if they're not doing this you you should be telling them hey remember these are diver hands with your hands together and tight and it's not you know widespread fingernails that's like texting me in all capital letters that was his words i, I really enjoyed that one because i got a couple you know gymnast hands yeah they're, they're very different than diver hands and just little little detail things it was awesome to be a fly on the wall and listen to him coach the kids that i coach all season so i love that idea yeah I also don't think that USA diving need, like needs to hold our hands to do that stuff too. Like we can yeah. also do it, you know, like we've done it like in our area and in, in Maryland, in that little DMV area, um, DC, Maryland, Virginia, like we did, we did stuff like that. We tried, we got together and we did camps together and that was something that helped me grow as a coach, but like that was something that I wanted. So that, so I did it, you know what I mean? I just invited coaches and I, try to get somebody and I brought people in. Like I, I brought co coaches that knew way more than me into Montgomery dive club so that I can learn from them. I housed them in my house, I had dinner with them and talked to them. And that went, you know, really far for me. And then we, we even did athletes. We brought athletes out, you know, cool. That's, that's awesome. So, so you think that's probably the biggest area we could do our best to try to improve is that coach's education. But I, I liked what you said. Yeah, I, think, I think getting the kids with each other too. I think there's something to that. Like all those kids in that 16, 18 event that you guys were like, wowed about those kids are best friends. Like yeah. some of those kids have known each other since they were seven or eight years old. Like so those kids have known and pushed each other. Like they're there yeah. because they know each other and have hung out with each other so much. Um, and I think that you can create that with those, those collaborative workshops, you yeah, like, it, those kids together. Steve Foley said that, um, he was going to change USA diving with synchronized and that we needed to have a synchro nationals every single year in the juniors, because it was going to build those relationships and make kids push each other starting at a young age. And I think that he was right. Like, I, I don't know. But I, I like it. He said it in like 2012 and he, you know, it became a bylaw at some point. I don't know if it still is anymore, but um, that there was something to that, I think. But I think the, the biggest thing was just getting those kids around. They know each other right now. They're connected through Instagram. 
but they're not going to push each other until they make that relationship. They build that relationship. And then they're watching each other's. It's like, Oh, you know, Steven learned back two and a half and he rips it on <laughs> seven meter. I, I need to do, you know, back two and a half on seven meter. I need to do it for eights. Like, you know, I want that front three and a half on three meter. Like, you know, Jason's got front three and a half on three meter. I need that front three and a half on three meter. I think when you do that stuff, you know, you build those relationships a lot, a lot comes from that. They're not so scared anymore too. They really build off each other. That's awesome. Um, You know, so I guess kind of to go back just a little bit, you know, what, so, so walk me through a little bit of, I know um, Montgomery Dive Club kind of dissolved with everything with COVID and that's where it kind of gave birth to Monumental Dive Club. So is Monumental Dive Club coming with you staying there? What, how does that all work right now with, with all of that, with all those moving pieces? Oh, I don't know. I love, I love the name Monumental Diving. I just, I birthed Monumental Diving just so that I could keep going. I needed, I needed an LLC. I needed to, so I reached out to a bunch of summer league pools and and just kept moving, um, which is the reason why I sort of birthed Monumental um but yeah i don't know that's a good question i'm I'll excited let, to see yeah. i'll <laughs> let you know what happens when i when i know what's going to happen but um no just, just yeah, no, really i don't excited. being removed from um age group like I, I i love age group so i don't intend from like being fully removed from that um but definitely my number one is going to be nc state making sure that job yep. gets done and if monumental diving just becomes a t-shirt company that like feeds comic book nerds to also dive. That's what it will be. Well, I, <laughs> I, I'm telling you, I will own every shirt. <laughs> we, uh, we always do like an online store here, uh, you know, for our parents, really parents and alumni. And every year we always post it like right after payday. And I'm like, Bree, you took all my money again. And now I just feel like I'm going to have the same problem when you send me a text message, like, Hey, new shirts getting posted tomorrow. And I'm going to be like, crap, like there goes my money. <laughs> I'm just going to keep giving it to you. Cause I love all your ideas. So excited. You, you guys are going to have to hit me up for all these t-shirt projects. <laughs> I, I, I'm, yeah. I, I'm excited. I'm excited. Our, our family business is, is, is starting to really take off in the diving world. I'm getting a good sense <laughs> of that. So. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I don't have uh, a printer. I don't have someone that does that stuff. I'll be, I'll be happy to be your guy, but um, <laughs> talk to me about your, uh, your, your favorite failure or your best learning experience. Something that just, you know, didn't go well, that stuck with you for the rest of your life. Yeah, I think um, this has happened a few times and I'm trying to say something different too than some of the other people <laughs> that you've had on um, before. Cause like, you know, I don't like if it, I, I'll have a kid get hurt and diving and it makes me want to stop coaching. Like I, like, I'm like, you know what? I'm done. I don't like, I don't want to do this anymore. Um, and it makes me really evaluate a lot of different things that I did choices that I made. What could it, what could we have done different? But another thing that really, that has really sort of made me feel like something was wrong. Like that wasn't right. Like I did something wrong there and I should have done better is when a kid, like if a kid can't go to a meet and do it without me, I don't like that. I don't think that's like, I, I like the idea of having kids that I coach be dependent. Like I want kids to learn from me and take 
what I have given them and be able to go and put it into play without me holding their hand. Like, I love that. And obviously like, there's definitely a period where you need to be that person. There's definitely like, like we said, like you said, that three, like turning Simone Biles into a, a diver in three years. Like I, I know like three years, man, that's like, that's, there's something special about three years, but like after three years, maybe the kids a little bit dependent on me, but there should be like, I should be able to put a little bit more in their hand. Like I should be able to set them off. Like, Hey, you're going to go work with that coach on one meter for regionals. You're going to dive with them. They're going to watch you. That's where you're going to get your feedback. Like I, they need to be able to do that. Um, because I think the purpose of sport is to grow more than just in our individual sport rights as a human. So I, I, they need to be able to figure out how to do things on their own, how to put those skills into place and not be dependent on an individual. Um, there's a lot of coaches that I admire that are able to do that. Um, I mean, for, for example, like Jefferson bro, Haley Hernandez's coach. I don't, I'm probably not allowed to talk about Haley, but like that girl did the job at Olympic trials and Jeff knew that she was going to do that job at Olympic trials, you know, and he didn't have to hold her hand at all. Um, and I think that the ability to produce athletes like that is, a, is a magical thing. And it transcends, it transcends just them being in our sport. Right. I, I think that's actually the point of sport. I think it, to teach us lessons that are, I learned more from diving than I think I ever learned in high school. And probably even college, you know what I mean? That have helped me in the world. Just the I, person I want to be, the work ethic I want to put in, the getting knocked down on the ground and getting back up. So, but I've had kids where I've brought them to meets and they can't do it without me being right there with them. And that makes me feel like I did something wrong. And I think I got that from, from um, when I went to school for education, but, but I also see it in what a lot of other coaches have done and what they're able to do and just like really put kids out there that can, they can do it on their own. Yeah. I like that. I think I could do a whole lot better job of that as well. I I'm questioning everything now. Every, I like, you know, hearing, hearing that I, I, I put myself in that situation. I think about my team. I'm like, man, I don't, I can't answer that question. Well, you, I, I don't, think you I don't want, know. Want to, yeah. <laughs> so, so I guess, how do you, you know, I agree with you, Wes, you know, Aaron and I have talked about that before. Like I always refer back. The one thing that sticks out to me throughout my, my college career and my high school career was uh, my college coach, when I was like, I want to win a national title, he's like, okay, get a 4.0. And I was like, ah, like, I don't see how that matches, how that correlates. And, and then at the end of the process, I realized like, oh, you were teaching me, like, if I take care of the big things, the other things tend to, mm -hmm. you don't have to stress, but, um, you know, so, so when you identify that and, and you kind of reflect on it, how do you go back and, and rectify the problem? How do you go back and fix it? So I don't know, like, like the way that I get kids good at competing. So then I just break it down. Like I think big and be able to do it. So I, like, I have little things that I do, but I, I really love playing games. I play games with kids a lot. When we play games, it's about performing. Um, but it's also about not thinking. Like, I don't really give people opportunity to think when we're playing games. So we just go, 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 go. Um, but I do think there's a way to train performance 
Um, like you do progressions, there's anti anti progressions. I think you can, you can set up workouts where this whole, like six months you've been progressing this dive to make it better. Um, but then have them do it without any progressions. Right. So you're just like on the spot. I want to see you go up there to do back two and a half for sevens, go do it for sevens. Um, and then you can even do stuff where you, where you mess them up. I want to see, you know, show me, you know, gainer doubles on one meter, then go up to three meter and show me back dive pike, you know, so that they're like doing an anti lead up and they're like, like you're trying to mess them up a little bit or they really got to turn the brain off, forget, and just, and then just go and perform. Um, but that's still me kind of like, like, you know, helping them do better, but like, yeah, I don't know. You, you put them off on their own. You get, you, you know, and then you believe in them and, you know, you yeah. talk to them and you just have those conversations, I think, you know what I mean? But when they fall down and they're going to fall and they need you to be there, obviously be there. You know what I mean? Like um, there's reasons why there's teachers that we remember for the rest of our life. So I'm not saying that, you know, you shouldn't be there for your kids or you shouldn't be there for your divers and they shouldn't want you to be there. Right. That's not what I'm saying, but you know, I definitely think like I, I like a diver that can go and go and do the job you know, when the job needs to be done, even though they don't have everything that makes them comfortable. I, uh, I love, I, I listen to you describe an anti lead up and as you're describing it, I'm like, oh, I don't know what that is. And then you're like, Oh, do back, do reverse double pike and then go do back dive pike. And I'm like, Oh crap. I do that. I just didn't know that, you know, someone calls it that. And I'm like, Oh, maybe I'm not a complete idiot sometimes. Like, <laughs> cause my kids will look at me on the, they'll be like, you need me to do reverse two and a half pike. Why are you having me do a backside pike? I'm like, cause just trust me, it'll work. And, and, it, and it usually works. And, but it's like, huh, like you're not a complete idiot. <laughs> I mean, I definitely am about some stuff, but that made me yeah, feel better. But I'll have them do like, I'll do vol op, like as Leo, especially yep. going into the meet just to get them ready. We'll do vol op, vol op, right. They'll match their vol with their op. So that mm-hmm. way they can get their list, but they do something that complements their optional. Mm-hmm. And then after we've done that and we've sort of, we've sort of spent on that, I'll have them do op ball, op ball. So they have to, yep. they do their op and then they do their ball. And then you really see them like crashing and burning or they don't, they learn how to turn their brain off. They learn how to mm-hmm. like figure out what to do, right. Relax, clear their head, see what they want to do, believe it, and then go and do it. Um, so I don't know. Yeah. I like, Love. I like to mix it up. Love it. Um, so, so you mentioned some games. So what games do you like to do with your kids? A lot of games. I play, um, my favorite game to play is just a simple, like rip, I call it the rip game. Um, and I just do it based off entries because I just need one single thing that I'm like having them go on. But essentially when I do games, I like to do team games because we're such an individual sport. I like to have a team aspect because I like them to feel, I like them to pay attention to what the other people are doing on the team. And we get so caught up in ourselves, in our sport and looking at other people only to, to talk negative about ourselves that I want people to invest in what their other, their teammates are doing. And it's really hard to create that dynamic. But once they start doing that, now we have someone that is trying to get to this goal and they have a whole bunch of people helping push them there as opposed to them trying to get there as, as well as claw, clawing other people down. Like they're trying to pull people down as they're trying to get up as opposed to everybody helping each other get up. Um, so when, when I play games, that's what helps. But I like the ripping game. And basically what it is, is if I have 10 kids in the water, let's say I have eight kids in the water, um, I'll break them up into two teams of four. I'll give a lineup set. Hopefully we have two diving boards. If you don't have two diving boards, you can't play this game, but we have two diving boards. 
I'll give them a lineup set. That's maybe five front entries. I'll do like front lineup, I don't know, front lineup, hollow, um, sitting tuck, standing front dive pike, inward one and a half, I don't know, standing front two and a half or double down some two and a half, something like that. Um, or just straight up all, it depends on where we are in our training season. Um, maybe I'll throw a twister in there, but they have to rip. If there's four people on the team, I usually have them rip three to four before they can move on to the next skill. So the majority of them, you know, so, and then the first ones who finish win the game and the ones who don't finish don't win the game, but I'll do, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I got a lot of games, but that's my favorite. I'll do, I'll do the timed flip games where they'll also go head to head who, which team can do the most flips in two minutes. Um, a two, double flip is counts as two, two and a half counts as two and a half. One counts as one, you know, a dot counts awesome. as a half. And I'll just do stuff like that. Um, that's when like kids start dragging their feet. I'll do stuff like that. But yeah, I like, I like a lot of games. Um, and then, and then competing against each other, but we'll do, um, like John Fox brought up the golf game. I also took this from, from Drew as well. I like that game. I sort of do my own spin on it. I'll have the kids compete against each other. I've even had my divers go against other teams where they compete against other teams or just compete against themselves. So let's say I have a kid who's a senior level diver. They do a senior list. Not only can they do a senior list, but they can find a lot of seniors. And then I have a kid who's just learning how to dive. Um, and I'm, and I'm going to keep compete them against each other. Um, so what I'll do is I'll take their par score, either I'll, I'll build it from dive meets and then I'll have divers dive in a competition where if they get their par score, it'll be one point. If they do above their par, they'll get three points. And if they PR, they'll get a, or tie their PR or higher, they'll get five points. And then they, then it's just a points game that they're playing against each other. So it's not like who did the highest DD most dies. It's just who, who did a better job beating their performance. Um, I like that game. I like that. Yeah. So I don't know. I'll do stuff like that. I got a bunch of crazy games. Sync roulette. I'll, I'll, um, if I have eight kids, I'll go one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four. Ones will go with ones, twos will go with twos, threes will go with threes, fours will go with fours, and we'll do everybody does a front. You guys don't get to practice with each other, do a front. Let's see who synchros the best. And then <laughs> I'll count off again. You get a whole new partner. One, two, three, four, one, two, three, four. New partner. We're going synchro again. You guys are doing backs. We're like, go ahead. You get no practice. Um, that's more for fun than anything performance wise, but that's awesome. Awesome. Um, you know, so, so we talked about games, but what, what's your favorite drills to do with your kids? Maybe more on an individual basis, whether that's water, dry land, um, however you wish to take that question. Um, yeah, in the, in the water, I like to do back one and a half, back one and a half standing fronts are two of my favorite drills to do. And then just a lot of bouncing. Like I, I also took Drew's double bounce. So I like to do his double bounce drill. Um, but I, I like to do just 10 bounces in a row. Like I'll do that, but anything where they sh they're showing like full articulation in their ankle, um, catching the board soft as, as much, you know, if they're going to ride the board, they got to ride the board a bunch. So I, I like to just do 10 bounces in a row, even if it's just small bounces with their ankles to big bounces with full arm circles, as long as they can do it safe. Um, yeah. but also like, you know, ruins boards really quick. So we've, we've broken many boards doing lots of double bouncing. That's awesome. Um, so best advice you have either given or received. Best advice given or received. Um, 
I think I think the best advice that I was given was not trying to do every single job an athlete needs to have. Um, so like there are sports psychologists. So having professionals, like building a team of professionals that can do all those jobs. Like if you, you know, bring in a strength and conditioning coach, bring in a tumbling coach, um, bring in a sports psych, you know, bring makes in sense. someone who does yoga. That makes sense. That's they're smart. either part of your weekly staff or they're just people you bring in occasionally. That makes perfect sense. Actually. Like you just, you just can't know all of it perfectly. It always takes time. That's, that's smart. Sorry. I had to plug in my computer. <laughs> no, you're okay. That makes, I was just saying that makes perfect sense. Um, you know, like I, I just talked to the strength and conditioning coach here at clarion and he's like what do you want and i was like i want you to build the best strength and conditioning plan we can for the divers i'll walk you through what our motions look like and where we need to get stronger i yeah. said but that's your area of expertise and you put it all together and let's do it and he's like okay and it's it's pretty neat when you look at someone i'm like i'm not a strength and conditioning coach i can tell you generally what i think we should do but that's he's an expert so that makes perfect sense um so I guess who else would you like to hear us interview as somebody who has actually listened to every interview we've done, who else would you like to hear us interview? I'll tell you the ones that are coming up. We have uh, Michael Wright comes out tomorrow. The following week is Jacob Seiler. You are after Jacob Seiler. And then the one after that will be Andrew Capo Bianco. And I guess now would be as good a time as any to uh, tell some of our listeners um, we are going to be interviewing Lee, the president of USA Diving. So they'll see on social media, we're going to start blasting that out, asking for questions that the listeners would like us to ask. But so, you know, at least who's on the agenda for us. So don't, you can't steal them, but anybody else is fair game. Um, I, th I think you guys have actually done a really good job bringing in variety. Variety, I don't know if the right, the right word, but yeah, I think like just going back and thinking like, can we bring in another female? Can we bring in another, yep. you know, a diverse person um and not just coaches like yeah bring, bring in some more athletes bring in maybe like program program directors i love the idea of bringing in lee i think that's awesome but um yeah i think i think the program director of gc diving krista klein would be awesome to bring in all right krista klein all right, Krista Klein, if she's listening, she's going to get a Facebook message soon. So <laughs> hopefully she answers. And, uh, but no, I think, you know, uh, I said it to you before we got on. I said it to Aaron a bunch. Um, over the last four months, it's, it's really been an honor to get to know you. And I'm really excited for uh, this next step for, for NC State diving and to see what you do there. Cause I think it's going to be awesome to see. And, we obviously wish you nothing but the best and uh, I will definitely be staying in touch. I feel sure Aaron will as well. And uh, we will definitely be having you back on in the future soon. So thank you so much, Wes. Dude, thank you guys. I like, um, it's funny being on this because Keith, I've like gotten to know you in person. So I feel like our relationship is actually genuine, but Aaron, I feel yeah. like I know you very well <laughs> <laughs> and you have no idea. Who I am at all. It's kind of funny.
I definitely, uh, I got on this call and I was like, Heath, I don't know, Wes, you know, Wes, this is going to be really fun, but uh, I don't, I don't know a whole lot about this guy. And, I, and then you, you just said Spider-Man and it just kind of clicked for me. I was like, oh, okay, nerd, love this guy. <laughs> but yeah. no, so, very, very excited. Awesome. Yeah. If any, if anybody else is out there listening, hit us up on Twitter and Instagram. We are at the diving pod and our Gmail is the diving pod at gmail.com. And now is an epic opportunity to buy some t-shirts and hoodies. They're 15 bucks for tees, $30 for hoodies. They are at my family business online store. It's cowingrobards.com. We can kind of do anything. Uh, he said an online store, we can set up online stores for anybody not just our diving pod online store. So if you got any cool t-shirt ideas, Wes, shoot them my <laughs> way. But uh, anybody else out there, feel free to, to go order them up. And uh, anything like that is appreciated to just support the podcast. So thank you again, Wes. I look forward to uh, to the next time. Yeah, see you guys.